You're listening to New Last Weekly. Welcome to Last Weekly, where we talk, laugh, and sometimes bitch about the highs and lows of the past week, including why are some people still super pissed about the Super Bowl? Is it Jay-Z, Beyonce, and the president's confusion about what you do during the national anthem? Or Jenny from the block being Jenny on the pole during the halftime show? What Gail King interview question made Oprah's best friend so many people's enemy? And are the first symptoms of the coronavirus, chronic racism, and complete sense of humor failure. Plus, our favorite and least favorite things about the week. I'm Kevin Williams, and I'll be recapping the week with my three incredible co-hosts, Anthony Tone Show Nunez. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> hey, Tone. And regular contributor, Chatachi Eggwood. What's up? <laughs> and special guest co-host, Mark Ward. Hey, everybody. All right, Mark, this is your first time on the show, and we are super psyched to have you. So tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a Democratic candidate for the President of the United States. And, well, you know, I thought there were I thought there were so many of them that you wouldn't know the difference. We, w- we wouldn't notice. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Truthfully, though, I am a provocateur. And you may be wondering, how in the world does someone make a living being a provocateur? Well, it translates to I'm a strategist. So I work with individuals and organizations to help them define success in some measurable capacity and then work with them to create the strategies to ensure that they achieve it. So really, the question that I'm dealing with every day is, who do you want to be? I'm always immersed in what I think is the absurdity of human behavior. Well, that explains why you're such a big fan of Last Weekly, because you are a Last Weekly stan on on uh, Twitter, and we appreciate it, and that's basically the reason why you're here today. So, <laughs> let's get on <laughs> with the news. <laughs> We love our fans. We love our fans. And if you play your cards right on social media, you can be a guest co-host as well. All right, Tachi, what was going on in the news this week? Wow, so much. Okay, so first, let's talk Super Bowl. Last week, over 100 million viewers tuned in to watch the Kansas City Chiefs reign victorious in Super Bowl 54. The evening did not end without, without its share of controversy, though. Not over the loss of the San Francisco 49ers, but Beyonce, Jay-Z, and the person who currently lives in the White House's response to the national anthem as the sexually charged halftime performance by J-Lo and Shakira. Has America's favorite sport been replaced by one in which we can all participate? Outrage? What say you, counsel? (laughs) Outrageous. Preach. (laughs) Preach. Wow. All right, Mark, since you're the guest, let's let we're going to let you go first. This is your first time on the show. You go first. You know, I have so much to say about this. I don't even know where to begin. But let's begin with the one in the White House, the orange one. The level of hypocrisy, this is something that I actually do think is worthy 
of outrage is the man who attacked NFL players for kneeling in protest of racial inequality and police brutality said that everyone must stand proudly or they shouldn't be playing football, that maybe they shouldn't even be in the country. And he blamed people kneeling, being disrespectful to the national anthem for the downturn and, and attendance and the ratings of the NFL games. And so we get this video of him at his Super Bowl party at his golf club. And during the national anthem, while those around him are standing, as people do, with their hands on their heart, he's greeting guests, adjusting his chair, straightening his ill-fitting jacket. Um, and he starts <laughs> conducting like he's conducting an orchestra. The level of hypocrisy is obvious and it's disgusting. And I also want to point out an interesting fact about this. This came to our attention through an Instagram video that was posted by a Russian-American firm, which I found sort of apropos. So that's that part of it. Should I go on? Wow. That's just the Trump part. Is there more? No, I think he was going to move on to the to uh, the 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 Beyonce and Jay Z part, but that no, that you've ac excellently summed up the whole thing with uh, Trump. No, it is actually delicious that it was a Russian who posted that to Instagram. But what bugs me the most about this, when you, when you mentioned the word hypocrisy, is the fact that not one Republican voiced their outrage. People who are professional outrage machines constantly outraged about little to nothing if a Democrat does it or anybody who isn't a Republican does it. They're they're tirelessly outraged. I don't they, they must wear out their fainting couches because they're constantly collapsing. Um, they're constantly clutching pearls. They're constantly upset about somebody not doing something the right way, the American way. And can you imagine if one Barack Obama or even not even Barack Obama, let's even go back that far. Can you imagine if there was video of Nancy Pelosi fidgeting and not putting her hand on the, her heart during the national anthem and conducting the orchestra? Basically, he moved around like a like if you had like a four year old you took to a game and they can't stand still for any length of time and they're like distracted by a moth fluttering by or something. That is how he looked like a little kid. Everybody else was standing at attention with their hand on their heart, except for the person who was filming, who um, <laughs> filming him. And uh, so it it's it speaks volumes about the fact that these people that are constantly outraged are never outraged by anything, anything this man does. Let's not even get into the impeachment uh, uh, that just happened. Uh, oh, the, him being uh, acquitted by the Senate. So, well, what did you guys think me, of, of Trump in the video? Let me say this before you go on. To be fair, we don't know. The person who filmed it might have had one hand on their heart and the other hand holding the phone. That is very fair. That's very fair. Here's the thing. Uh, we're all acting like like we're surprised and shock and awe and jaw drop. This is what this individual does. He does. He acts like a four-year-old because that's the mentality that he has. He's. It's never been cultivated that he has to sit still or wait. So he never has to do anything. He can fidget like a child. He can say what he wants, and there's never any re repercussions. So why would he change? So this is not surprising. This is what this individual does. 
I, I, I don't even want to go as far as to say man, but this is what this individual does. So I'm not surprised at all. Nothing applies to him. All rules only apply to other people. So he can conduct like a fool, but nobody else can, uh, you know, actually make a, a protest that means something. Nobody else can do, uh, quote, disrespect the flag, but he can because rules don't apply to him. Rules are only for other people, and he's been rewarded case in point this time for every other thing he does and you know he was rewarded for this with with a lack of outrage by his cronies so i'm not surprised this is what this individual does i was also shocked that no one said how unpatriotic and how offensive to the veterans and the troops this was because you know everything is offensive to the troops and the veterans like kneeling at a a football game no but the the troops go ahead I'm sorry, I was going to say, the military, and while the military are individuals, remember the military thinks as one. I don't know if anybody, were you military, Tone? Do I remember you saying that? No. Okay, I see. So, <laughs> I love so, the way he said that. He said, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> hell no, basically. So, oh, okay, no, so, I appreciate those who are military, and sir, I'm just saying, I would never try to pass myself off like if I've served. That's what I'm trying to say, like, no. Tone, oh, yeah, thank, okay, no. Tone thank you for your non-service. All right. <laughs> no, but I, I, I see that. I, 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 the military basically thinks as one. I mean, that's the reason it works. So they, regardless of whatever, are in support of the head of the country who happens to be the president who happens to. So, you know, I'm not surprised there was no, this is an insult to whatever. So, because whatever he does, seems to be okay with people because they support the fact that supposedly he's the commander-in-chief. So they think with one brain, on one accord, and that's why. Oh, okay. Well, no, that isn't why, Taji. Because I remember a president not so long ago that when uh, uh, he did something that they weren't happy with, they they would publicly, you'd hear military people publicly say that they weren't happy. But oh, I because even... that was mixed with racism. Oh, absolutely. And so, but also other people, it's not even the military themselves. Whenever um, uh, anybody that isn't the current president or isn't a Republican does something that they can try and claim is like, won't you please think about the children? I mean, the military, it's that kind of thing. It's like, it's a knee jerk thing. If anybody does anything, they can, they can claim it's about the military. The idea that Colin Kaepernick or anybody else who was kneeling was an affront to the military or it's like, they would say it was a slap in the face to the military. So it had nothing to do with the military. In fact, the reason why he was even kneeling was because, because of outcries from some people in the military, because initially his protest was to sit during the national anthem, and people felt like that was disrespectful, and he was actually uh, encouraged to kneel, take a knee, instead of uh, sitting. And that also became just too uh, uh, inflammatory uh, for people. So it's interesting how people can call out some things and other things just can't be called out ever. So speaking of Colin Kaepernick, what did you guys think of the fact that uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce set during the national anthem and the subsequent uh, uh, things that uh, Jay-Z said about why he was sitting? Well, first of all, this, of course, was outrage in the Twitterverse when video was captured of them just sitting there. And when Jay-Z was asked about it, 
I think it was TMZ, he said that what they were doing, you know, it wasn't a protest. It wasn't intentional. He and Beyonce were sitting there talking about the performance, what it's like to perform at a Super Bowl. And he apologized, said he would never do something like that because their daughter, Blue, was sitting next to them. They wouldn't put her in that position. And here's the thing about this for me. Jay-Z and Beyonce are not subtle, my friends. So if they were going to protest something like this, I think that they would make it obvious and that we would know it. Don't you think? No. First of all, I didn't know that uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce both had lost the ability to stand and speak simultaneously. I mean, she manages to sing and dance. So the idea that they couldn't discuss the performance while standing with their hands on their hearts, I find dubious at best. Well, I think, according to him, I think they were talking, uh, well, no, actually, I guess they were talking, uh, still talking, when, who was it who sang Selena? No, Demi, Demi Lovato, right? Is that who sang? Yes, Demi Lovato, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right, Kevin, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't, I, no, I don't know it's, it's when absolute, the conversation it's, started. No, it's yeah. absolute BS. It was clearly meant to be a protest, and then the blowback that they got um, I believe they had a problem with, and then JC uh, all of a sudden concocted. It wasn't TMZ randomly. It was at some kind of uh, some kind of press event where he basically said that it wasn't a protest, and it was just they were random. They were talking, and so they were lost their ability to stand while talking, which makes zero sense. The the explanation Kevin, makes zero sense to me. What do you then? What do you make then? Uh, if you look at the image, there's various people around them who are also sitting. So is this more of a case of, hey, these people are in a private box and maybe they don't feel like they have to stand? Or you think that everybody was participating in this protest? Wait, so you're saying that people in the uh, – oh, wait a minute. So so are you saying that the elite don't have to stand during the national anthem? I, I, I would never say that. Is, is that what you're saying, Tom? Uh, you know what? I no longer thank you for your non-service. <laughs> you you know what? I, I don't agree. I don't agree with you on this. I I believe him. I do believe him because I think that if they wanted to make a statement, they would have. Why would they hide something like that? What would be the point? What would be the point of making a statement and not owning the statement? That doesn't sound like them to me. That does not really well, true. Well, if that isn't the case, then it basically is. They truly do not have any respect for the national anthem, then, because there's no, I don't, there's no other excuse. They heard the national anthem. They said they were discussing the performance of the national anthem, so they know what song was. Debbie Lovato was like. Did they think that she was basically uh, singing "Cool for the Summer"? No, she wasn't. She was singing the national anthem. So they were clear on that, I think. So if they knew they were that they were she was singing the national anthem. Then they, how do they not know that that standing and putting your hand on your heart is a, a thing that we do in the modern era when the national anthem plays at sporting events? I don't understand what the confusion was. I think it also goes back to celebrity and what you guys said before about racism. I feel like just like Jennifer Lopez and Shakira are being judged harshly for their performance, I think Jay Z and Beyonce are the are being judged very harshly just for sitting well like i said the other people in the picture were also sitting and i didn't see anyone go investigate the names of the people who were sitting oh but no but no, you know what the difference now okay now i will give again i'm not i'm not going to ever really defend people generally when it comes to something not being racist but the other people weren't famous so if ellen degeneres well it's not because she's a lesbian but if if some <laughs> other celebrities were also sitting 
that were white, oh, we th- we would hear about them too. It's about the fact they were famous. So those other people just have to be people we don't know or care about. Um, we only care about people that are famous when it comes to some kind of a public infraction. We're not going to basically find somebody who just, you know, is some working stiff who was standing. Then again, a working stiff wouldn't be in that box. But somebody who wasn't famous, they may be moneyed, but if they're not famous, it doesn't seem to matter to people. So I think that's what the issue is. If, if other celebrities were there and they were sitting, then yeah, there would have been called out. Okay, I have something to confess then. And Twitter, bring on the outrage because... I was in my living room, and I was also sitting. (laughs) Wow. Again, I am shocked to be doing uh, this episode with two people who hate America. I was standing in my home. What about Tachi? No, well, she hasn't publicly said that she basically hates America like you and and Mark have just proclaimed. Oh, oh, well, get ready. I, in fact, love the USA, the stars and stripes. Um, I love those amber waves of grain. So here's the thing. I, I don't know that I necessarily buy their excuse. I'm not saying that it was maliciously done or that it was even uh, planned well, because Mark is right. If they're going to do something, they do it big. But maybe this was a last minute thing. So it feels like a last minute thing that really didn't come together as they planned. Although other people were sitting. You're right. But um it felt like they meant for it to be intentional, but then the blowback came and they said, okay, well, we really didn't mean because the excuse just doesn't sound right to me. Um, here's my thing. If, in fact, this was supposed to be intentional, stand in your truth. Don't retreat after the fact. Stand in your damn truth. I don't know. Well- well, remember, let's talk about standing in truth. Remember the comment that uh, Jay-Z made when he made a deal with the NFL that um, he felt that kneeling was uh, basically passe and that was like played out and we didn't need to do it anymore. And I just love the idea like, oh, he, you proclaimed that uh, uh, police violence is over? Oppression is over? Since when? Based on what? So I I still I never understood that comment. He got a lot of blowback from a lot of people um, over that statement and the fact that he wasn't kind of standing behind Colin Kaepernick. And uh, and then they gave the Colin Kaepernick that show thing where they let him uh, uh, they pretended like he was actually had a chance to play for the NFL again, mm-hmm. where they had all the different coaches come and see him. It was basically for a, it was designed for a photo op to act like they were doing something. And of shockingly enough, no matter how well he played during the uh, the uh, 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 the practice uh, last I heard, he's not uh, playing for any team on, on the NFL. And to me, if Jay-Z and beyond they were really about something because it's not like they don't have enough money they could have set it out and not basically co-signed with the nfl until kaepernick was playing again that is how you show some kind of real support so the sitting not sitting intentional not intentional whatever to me the way they've handled this whole thing with the nfl has been an absolute debacle they're not in the right lane for that type of thing This is what gets me when people speak, when celebrities open their mouths and speak. Mm -hmm. Please have some sort of uh, critical thinking skills and some sort of background and premise to what you're talking about. Often, the the, uh, celebrities, I shouldn't say often, sometimes celebrities will speak, and to me they're speaking out of turn. If you don't have background and haven't researched and don't understand this, please don't say anything. Jay-Z. Oh my God, I'm so glad that I'm not a celebrity. Because uh, I, 
Yeah, I but, speak but, out of turn daily. But, but but he was speaking because he was saying what he needed to say to make it okay for him to basically be on the side of the NFL. That's what he would say whatever it took to basically be, you know, ha- sitting in that skybox at at uh, at the Super Bowl and to be a part of the NFL and eventually be a team owner one day. That's what I think he's vying for is to be a team owner. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. But what he also needs to realize is he's still a person of color. So regardless of what, and you're still black, okay? Black people are still being persecuted, still dying in the streets. And so you doing that, um, but I can I blame you? No, because this is an individualistic society and you're reared with the notion that you and yours is all that matters. So well, I, do you- I blame him? Not really. Well, you don't blame him, but I I have enough blame for the both of us. So, in fact, if they're not blame, if you and Mark and Mark and Tone aren't blame, I've got blame for. I I can handle the blame load for all four, all three of you guys, because Thank I you. absolutely have the blame. Uh, I I I really think it's an a really bad look. And uh, no matter how many songs Beyonce does about, like, you know, hot sauce in her handbag, yeah, you, you can check that until you guys are no longer entangled with the NFL. They're not activists. I'm not ex- – look, I don't expect very much from them. My level of expectation for some of these people is not high at all. All you Go on and sing. Go on and rap. Go on and title. That's what you do. I don't expect very much more from you. Okay, no, wait. There's a difference between being an active... No, wait a minute. No, Tachi, I'm sorry. There's a difference between being an activist and then actively siding with people that are oppressing. So there's, it's, I'm not saying that you have to be out there, that Beyonce and Jay-Z have to be out there picketing the NFL. I'm just saying don't get tangled up with them. Don't Again. co-sign to make it okay and say that, oh, okay, everything's all right. Everything's fixed because Jay-Z now is working with the NFL. No, Again, it isn't I don't okay. expect very much from them. So I don't expect for them to see the higher end of what they're doing either. I don't expect much from them. This is ex- this is probably exactly what I expect for them. You're thinking like Kevin with a modicum of critical thinking skills of what the future is like because of what they they're not thinking that way. Well, you I know don't what? expect I, much from them. Well, I expected more and I've been very public about that and that is why I didn't get an Ivy Park box. I know it. I know that's why. That's exactly why you didn't get that Popeye's chicken looking um line from them. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the Shakira and J-Lo halftime show. Now, I'm I'm actually going to go first. The idea that it's based on racism, I'm sorry. I can't get behind this because of the fact that I, I would maybe agree with you if it weren't for two parts of the show specifically. It was the uh, the dual booty shake moment as well as the very first halftime stripper pole. When she, when they brought up that, and she climbed up that pole and started spinning, I'm like, really? This is supposed to be a family thing? These are the same people who have never forgiven, have never gotten over Janet Jackson's nipple, her that uh, uh, wardrobe malfunction. So the idea that they okayed, because th- that had to be built. I don't think Jayla just brought that stripper pole with her. That had to be installed. And the fact that the NFL was like, Wait a minute! Like nobody, they would they they saw like you know rehearsals. Like you know, I do think this we're we're supposed to be saying this is a family uh, event. I think that a stripper pole is too much. I think that was a dancing pole, Kevin, not a stripper pole. A dancing pole. Dancing. <laughs> oh my God! You know what? I I hate to go there, but you just I got to. So if your little girl asks for a dancing pole, 
Daddy, I want a dancing pole so I can climb up and spin. You'd be like, sure, I'll get you a dancing pole. No. And, and some clear heels to go with it. So shut Nobody the criticizes hell Firemen for going down poles, but dancing pole. <laughs> you know, why, yeah, watch it. Watch you say it was a fireman, a fireman pole. She was basically she was doing a tribute to our firefighters fighting over in Australia. Please, <laughs> thank you for your service. <laughs> Have several seats, Joan. Have several seats. Oh my God! Well, I I'm enjoyed the show. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I think. The expectation, the outrage, the hate is absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's puritanical. It's craziness. To me, it's like, first of all, people, have you ever heard of J-Lo and Shakira? If you have, which I'm guessing most people have, what were you expecting? You know, what, what were you expecting to be the case? Were you expecting them to be in full-length head-to-toe dresses and i'm tired of these haters like these one million moms which you know we all know are 48 frustrated harpies who are always looking for someone to blame for their miserable lives and their fallen dreams my favorite is they have a petition i don't know what they want it's already happened right but they have a petition and in it they ask how are children supposed to learn about respect and dignity? Well, I've got an answer for you. Instead of always looking for someone to blame, why not direct your attention from those petitions to teaching your own damn kids? And all these people that say that it's pornographic, my question was, have you seen porn? You know, what porn are you watching from the early 1900s? I mean, you see more skin at the beach, Have you know? And, and I'm really tired of... And Tone, leave the room for this. I don't think this applies to you, but you might be offended by it. I am tired of people expecting everyone else to parent their children. That's the beauty, folks, of TV on demand. Put them in the other room to watch Nickelodeon or Disney+. Plus. And I've also got news for your parents that little Susie and her friend Caitlin are probably in their room listening to Ariana Grande right now, probably doing moves that would make a stripper proud. Mm. And, you know, also this thing about, you know, the political statements in in regards to the children in cages and uh, the Puerto Rican and uh, United States flags intermingled. Um, I'm really tired of people complaining about celebrities making statements. It's so weird to me because it's like, how is it that you feel that you have the right to speak? the criticism of someone making the statement, but they don't have the right to make the statement. Why are you more entitled than they are? Oh, no, well, that's not the case, Mark. Well, the, the, uh, it's clearly a, a partisan thing because normally uh, most celebrities seem to be more on the liberal side. But whenever there's a celebrity that is conservative, they have no problem with them making uh, political statements. Uh, they get invited to the White House. They get they get invited to speak at the Republican convention when they it's, so it's uh, when they're saying something political. So it clearly is a partisan thing. Um, so everybody needs to sit down and shut up when it comes to political statements. Everybody that is an American citizen has the right to say what they feel when and where they want to say it and if they happen it happens to be at an award show because they have that platform that is that's part of the gift of having that platform and if you don't like what they said you cannot go see their movies or whatever you have the right to do that 
everybody that's what comes that that's part of a free society i don't understand why people seem to be so confused about what it means to be in a free society they can say what they want and you can react to it what's not cool in reactions is death threats everybody just enough with the social media death threats for just everything but i don't think it's overly puritanical i uh to have a problem with that uh halftime performance i do agree with you the super bowl knew who they were hiring and like i even said they may have known who they were hiring and i'm sure that they had to basically clear things or not clear things and they knew that she was going to have a stripper pole that wasn't a surprise thing that they just trotted out so they knew she was going to have that pole or as tone calls it a dancing pole um anyway <laughs> listen here's my thing you know you can certainly be critical obviously and express your feedback to the Super Bowl people about how you would rather see something else. And, you know, let that be it. Just wait until that day when they choose the Mormon Tabernacle Choir for the halftime show. But until then, do your own due diligence as a parent, in my opinion, to know what kind of performer it is. Oh, and no, that's on you. No, that's, uh, that's absolutely fair. The idea that you were, you know... uh you know, in your in your in your homeschool your homeschool family in your homeschool house, um, and the idea that you're watching Super Bowl and they're like coming up next the halftime show with Shakira and J Lo and you didn't like you know avert little uh, little uh, Bartholomew's eyes or whatever. I don't even know. I so th- that that is on you. The people that were absolutely stunned by it, I don't get it. I that, that you can't claim that you had zero idea this was going to happen coming from these two women. Butt shaking is how they've made every dollar that they have in the bank. So it's that's part of the what, what they bring to the table. That's why they got hired. But I can also f- I feel that yeah, I I do think it was too much. I absolutely do feel like it was too much, and it'll be interesting to see who they pick for uh the next show. I feel like you know what, even Madonna managed to do less. Uh, Madonna <laughs> was uh kept it cool when she did a halftime show. She only kept it cool because she can't do it anymore. Uh, well, mm. apparently you didn't see her at the Billboard Awards because, she, yeah, she did do more. So I feel like she can't – anybody can tone it down. I'm sorry. <laughs> the stripper pole is just way too much. The the dual booty shake thing, I mean, really, I'm sorry. You don't have to do you, that in every performance. You know what? I just don't agree with you. I, I watched it again to see if, you know, am I crazy? Like I don't get what everyone's so offended yes. by. And I, well, that's another story, but I looked at it and I, and I just don't see what the big deal is. I really don't. And the other thing that I think is a part of the conversation that I think is necessary, and maybe you could speak to this, Tachi, certainly as a choreographer, is a lot of it also was cultural, you know, especially for a Shakira, you know, being Colombian, those dances are cultural and they're not considered sexual. Oh, wait, wait. You mean when she was rolling around on the floor with her back arch, that was part of her culture? Are you serious? Okay, you and Tony, your dancing pole, I just can't. I just can't. All right, well, let's think, move I on think, to the- Wait a second. Wait a second. I think Mark has a really good point. Those were cultural oh, dances. And, and they spoke to her heritage. And I just feel like being two strong Latinas, they're, they're being judged. For, because they're strong Latinas and they killed it. And I watched it several times for science reasons. <laughs> several times. Because I wanted to be very educated when I spoke about this. So I watched it on the train. I watched it at home. And I even watched it at slower speeds. Um, all of it. 
And I can report to you that it was all good. And a stripper pole is also cultural in parts of New Jersey. Correct the mundo. There's so much to unpack. Where to start? Um, The dancing pole. (laughs) (laughs) I, okay, so let's not forget that um, this has been, there are still a lot of people that will not perform for the NFL because there's still a lot of people that are in protest in terms of that. So apparently, I think they went to other people first, and those people were like, no. And so, you know, you go down the list. Now, I'm not saying that these were the last choices, Shakira and um, and J-Lo, but I don't think they certainly were at the top of the list in terms of who do we want for the Super Bowl? I mean, it kind of makes sense because it was in Miami, but I don't, I don't think that's the way it went. So now you're dealing with this. I don't think there were parts of their performances that were, were that were fine. Well, first of all, let me talk about how I felt about the performance. I was like, meh, okay. I I think it could have meh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, meh, okay. I mean, they did they did a fine job, but was I like wow? And I remember I'm a dancer choreographer, so if I'm like wow, they killed. They did they did a good job, but it just wasn't. Mm, what it could have been. Well, maybe if I you think, watch, maybe if you watch it several times in slow motion, like Tone did, you might see the fine, you know, subtle movements that you were un, were, were invisible to the eye in normal speeds. You don't catch me the first time. I'm not watching you again. So I, I think <laughs> the uh, the stripper pole was entirely too much. I get where it came from. She was just in that movie. What was it? Heist or whatever the hell it was called. Um, Hustle girls, hustle, hustlers, 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 hustlers. hustle girls, heisters, whatever, shysters. So they, yeah, she was just in that movie. It comes off of the heels of that. I get it. It makes sense. However, was it, you have to ask yourself as a dancer, as a choreographer, as a performer, there are different venues and different performances are specific to different venues. Thank you. Ask yourself. Was that the most appropriate thing for this event? This is a mixed crowd. And I do hear what you're saying, Mark, that uh, we should not be parenting for everybody else. But at the same time, as an artist, you need to know your audience. Is this the best thing to do here? If I'm at a private arena where people have um, paid to do that and they're, uh, you know, and they're expecting me to do it, fine. But this is a nationally televised match where anybody could be watching. And because of that, you have to be sensitive to that. So are, now we're asking, you know, the people to, um, to censor, you know, when you should be the one as the artist to say, all right, this is what I do when I do my shows on tour. This is not appropriate necessarily for this. So as an artist, you have to know too. I do feel that you know, it was too much, but I also feel it was, um, there is a modicum of racism that's there too. There's a modicum of racism that's involved in it as well. Because we could say, would it have been too much if Taylor Swift was up there shaking? Okay, no, wait, 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 wait. Okay, I got to interrupt again. God, you guys, just, oh my God. Nobody wants to see that. No, Nobody, okay, I don't no, want to no, see it. But. No, wait, no, no, okay, two things can be true. The performance was too much, and there was racism. I think the racism yeah. came with the flag. when the, With the Puerto Rican flag, a lot of people, the people that got an uproar about that, that was straight up racism. 
uh, nothing but. So I, I, I see that. But the I, I agree with you, Tachi. There are different performances for different venues. It, I, it would be different if she was if this was uh, her uh, Vegas show, J Lo's Vegas show, and people Correct. were like, she got a she got a stripper pole. How dare she? And he she care bent over and shook their asses. I would be like, well, look, you're at a Vegas show. This is what this is what you came to see. I this is a completely different kind of thing. My point is there are things that Beyonce, where she's singing that surfboard song, talking about riding her husband. She didn't perform that song during the Super Bowl. The same sure thing didn't. with Katy, K- K- Katy Perry. She has a song called Peacock. Let me see your Peacock. Did she okay. sing that during the Super Bowl? No, she didn't. You're, you can make choices about missing, what your performance you, you, what you perform, your venues. You guys are missing an important point of this, though. J-Lo, especially, is not those people. If she had not done what she did, we wouldn't be talking about it at all. She's not a singer. She's a great performer, I think, but she's not a singer mm-hmm. by any means. Mm-hmm. So I think career-wise and strategically for her, I think it was smart, you know, to, to be memorable in terms of the Super Bowl because everybody was talking about it. And let's face it, she's worth $400 million. But Shakira is worth $300 million, so they don't have any you're worries. Okay, so but this is where I'm going back to the whole thing, like when we were talking about Jay-Z and Beyonce. Is it worth it? You can do that because you're worth $300, $400 million. But is every Latina? No. So now, when any 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 Latina goes and does a performance, there's sometimes this censor. There's sometimes this um, looking side eye. Are they going to do that? The other, uh, Shakira and um, J-Lo don't care because they can basically, uh, they can um, dictate the discourse on this. The average person can't. That's where you can't be selfish and that's where I'm trying. When you're a person of color, I'm sorry. You don't have the luxury of just acting anyhow because it affects the rest of us. But but who are we talking about? What average person is going to be asked to perform at the Super Bowl? Not the Super Bowl. It, it's, it's bigger than the Super Bowl. It's whenever you ask somebody of color to come and perform at this or at that. Because if we're talking about there's an aspect of racism there, it doesn't matter whether it's a Super Bowl or if it's a state fair there it's going to there's the same thought process so i'm saying as a person of color whenever those things happen it affects other people of color you can't just think about yourself i'm sorry you can't it would be nice for you to be an individual but you can't be also i think it's there's some racism involved in even how people defended shakira and uh j-lo saying that this is just uh, you know this is latino latino culture it's just like yeah i've seen other latino perform people perform without writhing around on the floor i've seen other people that were latino perform without being on a stripper pole so the idea i feel like that's kind of racist to be like well yeah that's what latino people do they get on stripper poles and spin around and shake their ass i'm just like wait excuse seriously me. excuse me that was not a racist comment. No, I no totally I'm not saying. Uh, wait a minute. I was talking about you specifically. I'm talking but, about in the media. That is one of, I believe that is a viable defense. Now, I am a white person, so obviously I'm looking at it through a different lens, mm. obviously. Mm. But I don't think that saying, because a large part, and I'm not talking about writhing on the floor. You're absolutely right about that. But the rest of it, especially Shakira's, that is Colombian culture. Am I wrong about that, Tachi? Well, well she, she, so first of all, she's half Colombian and half, I think it's Lebanese. Her father is um, from the Middle East. I, I want to say Lebanon. So um, when you see the belly dance, that's where that comes from, her Middle Eastern side. Um, 
I think, yeah, part of it, part of it is cultural. I have a bone to pick with her because when she sang that song, the, the Africa thing she did, I'm like, can you at least bother <laughs> to learn how Africans actually dance and not just make it in the way you know? So when we talk about a cultural thing, we also talk about being um, culturally correct. So that's where I have a bone to pick with her. But Mark, yeah, part of it was cultural. Yeah, but I don't think anybody was complaining about that part of it. We're not. I don't think anybody was no. complaining about that part. The, the 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 little African dance that she did and stuff like that. It people wasn't African. About, Let's were, get that people straight. Were, people were complaining about the about the uh, the twerking kind of the, the twerking portion and then the stripper pole. Those were the things that people got hot about and more and 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 like in tone way in the tone way in other ways. So that okay, was, the, that Kevin, was the issue. Here's the thing that I used to tell my mother. God rest her soul. Mm-hmm. But I used to get crazy with my mother and I would tell her uh, don't invite crazy to dinner and expect someone else to show up and so my whole thing from the Super Bowl perspective would be you know even if they didn't see it we know who those two ladies are right they're not going to suddenly show up and do something that's totally out of character for them and I think the same thing of viewers I think that most people have heard especially of JLo um in this country, uh, you know, certainly they would have an expectation of something not because I I don't know. No, I, I'm sorry. I look. I just did not see anything, uh, you know, awful about it at all. Well, so so Mark, here's the thing. I could accept that point of view, and I love that saying. If they had not done other performances in other venues that were appropriate. If they came and showed their behinds every time they went to another venue, then I could say, well, you know who the hell you invited, but they don't. When you look at their performances on TV, for example, for the Grammys or for any other thing, it is appropriate. It's within the scope of what is appropriate for television. So I could accept your viewpoint if they were inappropriate at other times. But that's where we differ because I didn't find any of it inappropriate. I just didn't. The stripper pole was not appropriate. I'm sorry. I did not find it inappropriate dancing at all. Pole. I did, I, dancing pole. <laughs> you and your okay, dancing I'll, pole. All right, we're 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 never going to agree. Let's. It's time to move on to the next story. Yeah, because but people when people uh, pull out terms like dancing pole, they, yeah, they can't. Yeah, crazy has come to dinner. All right, Tashi. So <laughs> what else was going on this week? Wow, I almost forgot. That that was only the first story. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Let's talk Gail King, shall we? So the drama from the Gail King and Lisa Leslie interview continues as King is now receiving death threats. The fallout stems from King's interview of the WNBA star where they discussed Kobe Bryant's legacy amongst other things. The point of contention for many, though, comes with King's follow-up question about Bryant's 2003 sexual assault case. Leslie indicated that the allegations were not consistent with the Bryant that she knew, with the Kobe Bryant that she knew. To which King replied, but Lisa, you wouldn't see it, though. As his friend, you wouldn't see it. So, are the internets just being in their feelings about this because Gail was just doing her job? Or was Gail trying to tarnish Snoop Dogg's homeboy's reputation? What say you, counsel? Take it, Tone. Wow, just throw Tone to the wolves. Just give him, give him all the tough questions. Um, Since you're Snoop so, Dogg's homeboy, too. Go ahead. <laughs> so 
I I I I saw I saw the clip and automatically I also was like, where is this coming from? It just seemed like one. Why is Lisa Leslie the, the person who's being asked these questions? Like I didn't see why it was appropriate to ask her these questions. And I was also confused about the timing of the interview. Like, why would they choose to have an interview? It just seemed like like really reaching. Like, we found Lisa Leslie who who's who had a friendship uh, with Kobe, from what I understand. And you wouldn't answer these questions. So it just seemed like really reaching at the time. And um, I I don't I don't I don't um my 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 the, my view of this is 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 uh, it's on two different levels. One, I I don't agree with people who say, oh, you know, the man just passed away. Um, it, it, we we can't speak about um something that happened in his past. Like I, I don't agree with those people. I think the, the case was de- it definitely definitely was come up. He was definitely charged and it was dropped. That's something that happened. No one's making that up. That if, if a news person brings that up, I don't think it's out of line. Um, when no bot when people say oh it's too it's too quick for the families. Well, these are the same people that when there's gun violence, they're the same day that I like, say we need to stop guns. We need to ch- make change. And pe- and the Republicans will come out and say well it's too soon for that. You know, think about the family. So it's when is it the time to talk about gun violence and when is it the time to speak about someone's legacy? I understand that it's it's definitely in, in, it's not the proper thing to do as far as the family. Like there's people hurting. There there was nine other people on that plane. Um, but I don't think if for a news person to in mentioning, you know, his life to touch on this, I don't think it's inappropriate from a news person point of view. Um, I will say that when I found out that the network had released the clip and it was a, it was a it was a wide ranging interview that she, that Gail King says she did with with Liz, um, Lisa Leslie. And this this was just a small part of the interview. The fact that that she was being that the interview was being represented as strictly this. I find that really, really messed up, and I find it offensive in the sense that maybe you're casting a light on Gail King now. That's not appropriate. So at first, I was a little bit upset. I was like, "This is not. This is kind of seems like just chasing, like chasing this this angle to the story." And a news, if a news person did it, as far as the, the the lifespan of Kobe and you know his whole legacy, I understand. But now that I now that Gail King is saying, "Well, this this happened." And this wasn't the whole interview; it was just a small segment of it. I feel like they kind of wronged her. What do you guys think? Well, it's interesting to me that the whole interview played on television, I think, on a couple of times. I think it played on the morning uh, show and it played on uh, CBS Late Night, I believe. And nobody seemed – there seemed to be zero outrage. The outrage came when the clip was uh, posted online. And to me, even with the clip as it is, because I have not seen the whole interview. I know there – I realize there was a whole interview. Just logically, the people that are outraged – do you think that that Gail King and Lisa Leslie sat down for like a one minute interview and then she left? That was it. She just she just sat down in a chair and like, tell me about Kobe uh, Kobe Bryant's uh, rape case and thank you and goodbye. No, it was a whole interview. Of course, it was a clip taken from an interview. And I agree with you, Tone. I don't understand people that are all trying to play this whole thing. Um, I saw a clip of um, 50 Cent saying that Gail King um, is trying to tear down uh, black men and the same thing with uh, 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 what's his name? Bill Cosby is tweeting from jail. I didn't know you I didn't know you could tweet from jail, but he's tweeting from jail uh, how upset he is by this. And uh, the uh, people are, are tying this to Michael Jackson. People are now saying they want to cancel 
cancel both Gail and Oprah because they're mad about the Finding Neverland documentary and the fact that she gave uh, the uh, two alleged victims a platform. And so this is tearing down uh, uh, men of color um, as opposed to just an interview and a question. Lisa Leslie answered the question. Gail King has been on the opposite side of that exact same question. So um, she was asked about Charlie Rhodes when he got fired for all of his shenanigans that a lot of us were didn't know anything about uh, but when it all came out and hit the fan and he was let go lickety split when she went on talk shows she was asked about him and she had to say let you know he was my friend i didn't witness any of this this is not the charlie rose that i knew so lisa leslie was on the exact same other side answering that same question and so the idea that this takes down his whole legacy people are acting as if somebody's uh, legacy is destroyed because you ask a question about something that actually happened the man actually settled and he actually made a public apology i believe to the woman saying that she didn't think it was consensual what went down between them and so the idea that asking about that is supposed to be off limits and deserves death threats is absolutely ridiculous enough with the death threats I totally agree with you in terms of the death threats. I do think that it was a bit tone deaf. I think that, you know, she was ostensibly, allegedly, close to him. And to bring something that is painful up when someone has just died, when it's a family member or a close friend, it's not wrong necessarily, but I think it's a little tone deaf. And specifically, if you watch the clip, she pushes it a little more than I think she needed to. You know, like when she says, when she, uh, you know, points out that uh, the one person refused to testify or something like that. It's like she pushes the envelope a little bit further, like pushing the point. So I don't know that that was the best time. And I'm not sure what the intention of that was, but, you know, it's certainly not something to hang someone on the cross about. I do think that the conversation that she is going to have with whomever at CBS is a conversation that needs to be had because Gail was thrown under the bus. Okay, but one thing I uh, I would agree with you if she was interviewing his wife, but she wasn't. She was interviewing a public figure who's a celebrity and a, an athlete who's used to having interviews. And to me, the mistake that Gail King made, if she made a mistake, is she could have actually, to me, made the question personal. Because when she was asking her and Lisa Leslie was responding, how like, that's not the Kobe Bryant I knew. And and, and Gail says, like, well, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't have seen him like that. And I, her response, she should have said, you know, I know from my own experience with uh, my former colleague, Charlie Rose. A lot of women had very different experiences with him than I had with him. It reminds me of uh, once, uh, what's her name? Katie Kirk was interviewing uh, Rosie O'Donnell after Rosie O'Donnell, uh, uh, there was somebody uh, had come forward about all these horrible uh, things that supposedly Rosie O'Donnell was doing to her employees back when she had her daytime talk show. And so to defend herself, Rosie O'Donnell said to, to, uh, uh, to um, I just said her name, 
uh, Katie, Katie, Katie Couric, she said, uh, well, you know, Katie, I would never, you know, uh, be mean to people. You know, you've come to my house for dinner. Wasn't I delighted? And, and then Katie, Katie slapped back. She goes, oh, yeah, but I don't, I'm not one of your employees. So, yes, the way you talk to me when you invite me to your house at dinner might be different than how you deal with somebody who's an employee. And because Kobe Bryant never did anything to Lisa Leslie, doesn't mean he never did anything to anybody else. That is just a ridiculous like statement so she could have basically tied it to her own experience and 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 made it seem would made it made it softer uh if she had basically said like i've been on the other side of this i've been the person to ask these questions about somebody that i was friends with so i understand what it's like the bottom line for me is what when did we move past just saying oh well that might have been inappropriate gail maybe you shouldn't have done that and moved on with our lives Instead of, you know, losing our minds and, and expecting someone to be fired and killed and eviscerated from society. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. Tachi, what are you thinking? I was about to throw it to you. Go ahead. <laughs> because, I, you know, I've written a list of things. So go ahead, Tom. Oh, both of you guys are just going around the oh, dancing pole. Let, let me just let me just <laughs> add another part of this that, that, I, that I find kind of interesting. Now, this definitely happened. This happened from what I understand in 2013. Um, 2003. Oh, 2003, sorry. not even 13. Okay, 2003. Now, I think that it's completely valid to bring this up. It's something that occurred. He's a public. He's a public. He was a public figure. Um, I just don't understand why the man has been walking around since before this, obviously, since before the horrible tragedy. He's been walking around for all these years. Why didn't people come after him? If they felt so strong about this, why not bring this up 2003? Four thousand and five thousand and six thousand and seven. Like, why did they let this hit? This is just another case of the media, and I really think it, it goes back to just uh, corporate greed. Like, everyone wanted needed Kobe to go back to 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 making money, to to winning championships. He obviously wanted to move on from this. I wouldn't blame anyone who's in who's who wants to move on from something like this. He wanted to go probably wanted to move on to this. He wanted to move his life forward. He didn't want to stay there, and I'm sure everybody else wanted to move on to this. So no one kept bringing this up. How come people didn't make do a documentary about this. They didn't come out now. So the fact that he's dead, it just seems like a really weird time to revisit this when he's been walking around all these years. Okay, no. no. Okay. Oh my God, Tony, I got to interrupt. I'm sorry. Everybody keeps saying that this is a weird time to bring it up. This is exactly when these things get brought up. When people die, you examine their life. And he was, no people had, no people had no problem with him being lionized and telling a story about something that happened in 1997 when he gave a kid a jersey or something like that, that we can talk about that but we can't talk about other aspects of his past so yeah you can talk about the good things about somebody you can talk about the troubling things about somebody when somebody dies who's famous and you you go through their life and when there was a dark period or when there was when they were charged or when they had a divorce or a bad custody battle they will that will be part of the retrospective of their life and so the man absolutely did a lot of great things and he helped a lot of people and he was a very good father apparently um uh so there's a lot of there's a lot of good to talk about but you might but you look at the man in his in his totality and that's what happens when you examine any life you examine it in its totality you don't just examine all of the glowing stories at his funeral obviously you're not going to bring it up but in the media or or when you're writing about a retrospective of somebody yes you're gonna talk about all the different aspects of their life both good and bad. Okay. Mm, okay. So let me unpack this suitcase here. So uh, there are a couple of things here when we look at it. 
Obviously, Gail is a journalist. She's a journalist for a major news organization. There is extreme pressure from above to deliver, particularly after the success of the R. Kelly interview. There's, you know, pressure that she probably put on herself and pressure from above to ask the hard-hitting questions, okay? So that's one thing. They're, they're in the business of getting ratings not to be nice to us and show us um, things on TV. So I think, though, that her line of questioning... So I actually read the transcript, and I have the transcript here. So when she says... Uh, one of the last things that Lisa Leslie says is that's just not the person that I know. And she says, but Lisa, you wouldn't see it, though. As his friend, you wouldn't see it. Lisa says this, and that's possible. So she admits that this is possible, that I don't know that side of him. She said, I just don't believe that. I'm not saying things, and I'm not saying things didn't happen. I just don't believe the, that things didn't happen with force. So she's putting her spin on it. Okay, she the big thing to in that is that she's admitting that it's possible that she doesn't know anything about that whole thing. Okay, so she admits it. That's fine. The problem comes when she keeps talking about it. So it um, keeps going. She asks, uh, Gail asks, is it even a fair question to talk about it considering he's no longer with us and that it was resolved? Or is it really a part of its history? Conveniently, the internets didn't hear that. And Lisa Leslie answers that. Um, she says, though, I don't think it's something we should keep hanging over his legacy. This is Lisa Leslie. I mean, it went to trial. That's when Gail says, yeah, well, the case was dismissed because the victim in the case refused to testify, so it was dismissed. And then Leslie says, and I think that's how we should leave it. So that's the part where people are saying, yo, she shut her uh, down. Where... Gail went wrong was by adding, well, the case was this, but you didn't have to say that. There's a time when you've gotten the answer, you can leave it, you don't have to keep going. That's where her mistake was, but keep it going. I don't see anything necessarily wrong with the rest of it. Like Heaven says, yes, you are looking at it in totality. Some time, a little bit of time has passed, and this is something that Gail is not bringing up. This is the conversation that's there. As a journalist, you do have the right and you do have the responsibility to bring up everything that, that's in conversation about this individual. And the 2003 case was one thing that was there. So she brought it up. I think another way that she could have softened it, you talk about softening um, the way it was said, when she says, but Lisa, you wouldn't see it though. As his friend, you wouldn't see it. I think she could have made it not about her, okay, and not say, but you wouldn't see it as if she was saying it. I think she really could have said, well, there are people who would argue because you were his friend that you were immune or blind to it. How would you respond to them? I think that's a better way to ask the question so it doesn't seem like you are the one digging and asking that the conversation is out there and I'm just bringing the conversation. So finally, there, I think when we look at this, there are also an awful lot of celebrities and other people. Of course, I expect the damn Twitter and internets to say whatever the hell without thought, without, you know, threatening to kill people because that's what they do. I don't, again, just like the other two, I don't expect very much from them because we're asking for um, learned 
behavior and learned things from people that are not learned sometimes. And I don't necessarily mean book learning. I just mean learned in the ways of proper behavior. We're expecting that from them, and I don't expect very much from them. But I do expect people who have a large following and a large platform to use some sense and some caution when they speak. So Snoop Dogg, shut up and sit down. Um... I can't remember the whole bunch of people that came out and said these things about 50 Cent, uh, 50 uh, Cent, Bill Cosby. shut up and sit down. Bill Cosby, why are you still tweeting? Shut up and sit down. Here's the thing. I'm not saying that Gail King did everything 100% right with this interview. No. But what's happening here is this misogynoir. There's a lot of misogyny here and misogyny off by every, everybody, every type of man, but particularly by black men. And there's this whole thing that at all costs, as a black woman, you are supposed to protect black men, regardless of what they do. I don't care. They rob, steal, kill, or whatever. Nobody should say anything against them. And if they do, you should, it should be your job to jump up and defend every single time. So this is where the onslaught is coming from, particularly from the black community, that she did not at all costs protect black men. How dare you ask those things? You're supposed to protect black men. We protect often black men to a fault. And I understand where it comes from because of the extreme persecution that happens to black men, black people in society. How the hell ever... That same courtesy is not extended to black women. Case in point, instead of protecting Gail, would say, hey, sis, you made a mistake, but we still were here with you. They're ready to cancel her. So that same, Kobe made a mistake, black people did not cancel him. Gail made a mistake, they are ready to string her like a, a pig over a fire. So you know, it's what you mentioned that one, uh, one thing that really bugs me, and you're right, that there is absolute misogyny here. The look at the whole thing with um uh, what's his name uh, Kanye West R. Kelly. And, and, oh. no uh, R Kelly Kanye West uh uh you know go- going and basically you know bootlicking the president people were like okay all right all right all right I like his albums though they they were able to forgive a lot uh people looked all the way or the other way. In fact, they were basically, uh, you know, impersonating an owl. Their heads just turned 360 degrees <laughs> uh, completely around to not see this man uh, sexually assaulting children. And the idea that we can't get past this interview with Gail King, that this was a bridge too far, that not only she and um, uh, Oprah should be canceled. And again, the people that are still defending Michael Jackson Because they broke the code. As a black woman, you are supposed to support black men, support the black race, and you are supposed to be a martyr. You're not there to be a critical thinker or dissect what is happening. That's the same reason why there's like sexual abuse that will happen in, you know, some families. And it's like, well, you know, you just, you know, don't say anything. You're always told not to say anything. You're always the one that's supposed to be the martyr. It's it's because of this stupid ridiculous cold is the same thing that happened when um uh i can't remember what's her name but the um the young lady that was shot by police not the recent one but uh, a little bit back instead of like uh, okay with all the black men that had uh been shot by police people there was nothing that was done wrong on their ends right 
in the in the public discourse. But in the public discourse, they were like, well, she shouldn't have said that. She shouldn't have. There's not the same support for black women when it comes to these types of things. So I'm just going to say, if people are a little reluctant to march and do things, you need to look at how you're treating them. Just saying. So the next time Gail doesn't want to cover something you're doing, Look at how you treated her this time. She made mistakes, but it doesn't warrant the onslaught and the vitriol that is being levied at her. And I'm saying this now, if you want to talk about protecting black men, you're not protecting her and you need to help her in terms of the way she needs to talk about these things instead of canceling her. And I'm done with you. Uh, Snoop Dogg, uh, 50, 50 cent. It's sets, sets with an S. Anyway, keep going. Oh. Okay, um, can I tell you what I can't get past? Please. Bill Cosby is tweeting? Isn't he supposed to be blind? No, <laughs> he was blind enough on the day of his trial, but all of a sudden, he's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed when it comes to Twitter. Yeah, he's as blind as, uh, oh my god, Harvey Weinstein is Weinstein crippled. Weinstein is crippled, exactly. Ugh. Yeah, uh, only, to, only uh, on to, trial days. And to add what uh, Tati just said, um, just speaking of Bill Cosby, I remember there was like the shield around him. Like ten women came out, people wouldn't believe him. Twenty yes. women came out, they didn't believe him. Seven, I think the room was around seventy, and still there were people who I know who was like, "No, not Bill Cosby." And it's because, unfortunately, in the black community, um, being that there's always a disproportion, a bias against the black community, they have to. There's so many challenges that people have to feel like they have to defend whatever celebrities you you do have in the black community to a certain extent because those are your celebrities and people feel like they have to defend them to the point that people are clearly at fault at sometimes, like Taji said. And I feel like people are still rallying to defend them. And when people are going after Serena for wearing that black cat suit, which I thought was awesome. I didn't see a lot of people come out and defending Serena, so I completely nope. see what Tachi's saying. And you know, the, the the biggest thing is every oppressor has collaborators. Women are very guilty of collaborating in this whole thing. Look at the women that were banded together to try and bail out R. Kelly. Look at the women that are all the look at the women who voted for the person who currently lives in the White House. So every yeah, oppressor I was, I was gonna say that this, has yeah, this collaborators. Is, yeah, this isn't just a a, a black thing because the I, I was gonna say perfect example is trump he has something like what 15 to 20 different women who say that they were sexually assaulted by him and there are women that are that just lining up at those rallies i remember actually seeing one of the most disgusting things when the when the when the initially the uh access hollywood tape came out there were women that were at trump rallies that had shirts on he can grab my blank anytime every oppressor has collaborators this is why I don't like everybody to speak on my behalf. All right. Well, I will not be speaking for you anytime soon. Thank I you. Get in trouble. I want to get in Can trouble. Can we also um, um, touch on the fact that it, it, it I, I also believe there's, there might be like a post me too element to this whole thing because I really feel like to, to some of the things that came out, there was, there was a story about a principal that she said that she's happy that he died. There were so many people uh, who came out, some some were survivors of sexual assault, who came out and they were just, there was so much anger in, in their voices uh, against um, Kobe Bryant. I feel like this is also, it, it was a triggering effect and it, it mm-hmm. might be different than something else that happened. I think there's some, there's some underlying um, post me too to this as well. Oh, well, I think there's also there's absolutely I think uh, some people were triggered by the not Kobe Bryant's death, but they were triggered by the deifying of him uh, after he died. And if you were a person who was a victim of sexual assault, 
hearing him talked about in such glowing terms without even acknowledging this other aspect of his past, I think set some people off. There was a reporter who got in trouble publicly uh, for... Felicia. Yeah, uh, Felicia. (laughs) (laughs) Conveniently named. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) She was designed to be canceled. (laughs) What were her parents thinking when they named her that? But anyway, um, (laughs) for... Felicia uh, Sanmez. Yes, for posting a link to she didn't even post a story she posted a link to a story about the about the uh, rape case and people were just incensed at her and so the but idea Kevin, we talked about that that's because that was bad journalism she wasn't posting as an individual she was posting from an account that she was using as recognized as a Washington Post reporter she was triggered but you cannot use your pain to to do things like that you can't you have to deal with it in other ways so that was poor journalism on her part triggered well, no, or not. It, no, no it would be poor journalism if she said something that wasn't true did she say something that wasn't true no, no it doesn't no that's not how journalism works we follow a journalist's journalistic code of ethics and part of it includes the consideration of families and things like that when you are reporting she was not considered she was thinking about her she was triggered i'm going to write so she was not following journalistic code of ethics it, you could you could argue all you like kevin it was poor journalism she wrote a, she 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 didn't write anything touching she posted she she retweeted a link Come or on. she tweeted a link that is and, semantics and, and it's, also, semant- it's still journalism. Kevin, as also, a journalist, I'm telling you, it's still journalism. She was initially suspended, but then they basically reversed themselves five seconds after, seconds after they reversed her because she did not break any of their code of conduct. But that doesn't mean she didn't do anything wrong, Kevin. Simply because, okay, we're talking about this with Gail, uh, Gail King. She didn't necessarily uh, break any of CBS's rules, but that doesn't mean she did everything 100% right in this case. So I think that media personalities and media uh, journalists that do things, they need to take responsibility for what they do. She was wrong two hours, Kevin, after the accident happened. You didn't even give time for the, you know, for everybody to be notified and for things to be found out. And for you retweeted this. Why? As I said, you would not have retweeted this the day before. If it was that much of a problem for you the day before, or you would have been investigating this. But no, now he's dead. Now's the perfect time for me to bring this up. It's in poor taste. That is not the way proper journalists behave. She was wrong for that. Dead wrong. All right. Well, we can agree to disagree. I was about to get the hose on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's uh, move on to our final story. The final story, if I can compose myself. It's about the coronavirus. So we know that uh, this is, uh, it's reaching epidemic, or it's actually reached epidemic proportions at this at this stage. And we're only in the second month of 2020, and you'd be hard-pressed to find a person who's not heard of the 2019 novel coronavirus, according to the CDC website. It says, coronavirus is a virus identified as the cause of an outbreak of respiratory illness first detected in Wuhan, China. But thanks to social media and the news media at large, the true outbreak has now been how fear and an onslaught of coronavirus-related stories have gone viral. Everything from quarantine cruise ships, flights being rerouted because of fear of infected passengers, from face masks being sold out, to people wearing masks with the target of violence. This past week, 
Dr. Li Wenliang, a Chinese doctor who was the one who actually first raised the alarm about the new virus in Wuhan, passed away after being infected with coronavirus. With over 700 deaths being attributed to the virus in China, should Americans and the rest of the world start to panic? What say you, Mark? What? There's a virus? Why, why has no one said anything about it? That, that's my impersonation of that woman in Iowa who voted for Pete and didn't know he was gay. Wow. Wow. I don't even know how you put those <laughs> together. J-Lo, who's that? Um, <laughs> yeah. Should we panic? No. I don't think so. I mean, you know, as it's been said, a lot more people die around the world of the flu. Um, there's 400,000 deaths around the world to the regular flu. I don't think we need to panic yet. Is it scary? Absolutely. It's frightening because we all know that the Chinese government does not tell the truth. I mean, this doctor that you just talked about that revealed it, the way it started is he just sent a message on WeChat, which is like a, like WhatsApp mm -hmm. in China, to his med school alumni group and told them that there were seven patients from the seafood market there in Wuhan that had been diagnosed with this SARS-like illness and they had been quarantined in a hospital. And of course, that was scary because the SARS pandemic killed hundreds of people and the Chinese covered that up. And someone, someone, this is definitely not this doctor's friend, took screenshots of those messages and they went viral and they didn't blur his name or anything. So he was brought in by the police. He was accused of, you know, rumor mongering and... Uh, they brought him in a couple of times, and eventually uh, he died. Right. And it was it was announced in a tweet in the Global Times, and then suddenly that post was deleted. And now there's no explanation and no information about him. It's like he's just disappeared. They won't acknowledge that he died. Mm. So, I mean, the fact that the Chinese government operates like that, yeah, it's scary for the rest of the world. There are 60 million people on lockdown in China right now. It's spread right now to 25 countries, 12, 12 cases in the United States. I know two of them are here in the Chicago oh, wow. area, in, in, the, in the suburbs. But um, should we panic? I don't think so. I mean, first of all, what's the point of panicking, right? I mean, it's not going to... Panic will not save you from a viral moment. So, no, I, I, I'm not panicking about it. It is a little... I will say it's a little troublesome considering the fact that our own government right now is not very honest. Correct. So, you know, it is it is frightening, but yeah, there's so many other things to worry about. I don't have time to add anything else to my list. I hear that. What about you all? I, I agree with you. There's no reason to panic because panicking is going to get you what exactly? Uh, <laughs> running around screaming uh, is going to get you what? I don't know. I, I, I'm not at the point where I'm, I'm, I haven't bought a surgical mask. So I'm not, I'm not walking around like Michael Jackson circa 1991. The, the funnier thing to me about this whole thing as it's playing out is the tone deafness of some of the humor people are using. Speaking of, uh, one of Tati's favorite people, 50 cent, he, oh. uh, was joking about the fact that, uh, the coronavirus uh, 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 came from China faster than his Gucci belt did. So keeping it classy, 50. Um, and uh, <laughs> and also there was a uh, hoping to be a, a celebrity or uh, I should say of, of uh, a social media celebrity who actually 
yelled out in the middle of a flight uh, he had been to the capital of where the coronavirus uh, was first uh, uh, documented and he didn't feel so well and they actually uh, had to turn the plane around two hours into the flight he was examined of course he wasn't really sick it was a joke a very 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 bad joke and he was arrested and and when he was questioned he was hoping to go viral uh no pun intended so i don't i don't think there's there's time it's time yet to you know be hysterical but i think it's easy for me to say being here in southern california there has been news about uh some people coming uh into the country here in la that uh have been exposed to the virus so but that's still not enough for me to buy any surgical mask so um what's going on with you in miami tachi are or have you heard any news of it of it reaching uh your area are you concerned uh, I'm really not concerned right now. That doesn't mean that I'm throwing caution to the wind, but I'm not as concerned. I have not heard about, um, and because the um, the cruise ships and things have not been this way, you know, have not been on uh, down here in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Miami. So I'm not as as concerned. I think the thing that is more concerning is the 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 xenophobia and the racism that is coming, as usual, is coming along with this. Um, you know, it's really interesting. Kevin and I had talked about this before. It's like, let it be bubonic plague or something, and nobody blames an entire people. But uh, something like this, people blame, you know, entire entire people, the others. They always blame the other. When, you know, the the truth is, this probably could have emanated from anywhere with the right conditions. So I think it's um, irresponsible to do and to do that type of thing. And unfortunately, you know, you see the racism happen, you see the xenophobia happen, and it's really fueling, unfortunately, the extreme, the extreme climate of racism and, and xenophobia that we have in this country now. So that doesn't mean don't be cautious, but I don't think using caution also means that you have to be racist. And unfortunately, some people don't know how to be uh, cautious and non-racist. Exactly. Um... Tone. So uh, a few things that I want to touch on. So right now there's over 60 million people on lockdown in China, um, over 33,000 people infected with the virus. And I was looking, uh, I believe the uh, CBS News had the number around 700 deaths confirmed in, in China. So if, if you're in China, I would definitely understand if there's, if there's a lot of concern. Some of the videos that are coming out, um, look like something like from The Walking Dead. Like they're actually they're they're in these full Ebola suits, and they're spraying like the city. Like they're walking around spraying the town like with with this with this um some type of liquid that creates a fog. So it, it's very scary. I'm sure if you're in the if you're in Wuhan or if you're in the surrounding town, I can understand that. Also, I want I want to speak to the fact that um there's been some criticism for countries that have been either refusing flights from China or like Russia for example closed a, a border that they shared with China now now this here in America I, I agree with Tachi um we should just be we should obviously be vigilant uh, in New York City uh either last year or 2018 we had an Ebola scare the, there was a scare about the possibility of Ebola and I remember I, as a New Yorker, I was scared about it. Uh, the idea, because New York City is such an international city. Um, we have people here from all over the world, and you basically can encounter anybody from all over the world here. So when when these things happen, um, 
China is but a flight away. So I obviously was concerned about Ebola, but unfortunately that that didn't develop to be something terrible. So just like just so I'm I'm not concerned with New York City as far as because I believe that America being um uh, I don't like the term but a first world country, um I'm I'm sure that they would be able to deal with with such um with a virus and contain it. I'm more concerned with small countries. So that's what I want to speak to my point when some people say, oh, these countries are are denying flights from China or they don't want you know Chinese people to come over. Uh, there's a lot of these small countries are not built. Uh, to handle what, what a contagion like this. So I understand if, if smaller countries are denying flights or they don't want cruise ships to come uh, because they're just not set up in a way that they could probably deal with an outbreak like this. Um, but the bigger countries, I, I feel like they, they should definitely put their f best foot forward and and show that, that, that there should be observant and there should be concerned, but that this thing could be contained. So um, some of the countries that, that are bigger that are basically denying flights or not allowing people to fly from that particular city, I feel like they should probably put their best foot forward and, and show, look, this is something that we can deal with. It's more of the fear mongering. Uh, I feel like every news site has a story either about a cruise ship. In New York City here this past week, there was a woman who was wearing a mask who was assaulted in the subway. Um, the person called her, her names and because she, she had a mask on. So the the fear that watching all these stories develop and all, all the reporting is causing people to, to have this uh this panic this fear and then like i said lash out and it's becoming um stereotypical and i believe biased the way they're doing this so i believe like the stories might not be helping people because people are not informing themselves i was reading today that the flu um already killed over ten thousand americans this year so the flu is definitely something you should be concerned if if you're here in america definitely get your flu shot um but again it's it's about the way that you take this information and unfortunately like the story that we spoke about before uh with the with the gail king story a lot of people don't take the time to read everything or, or you know look into the story besides what they see a quick clip or a quick tweet so if if you are listening definitely um, get yourself your flu shot and you should be more concerned about the flu uh, I wouldn't be concerned with coronavirus right now in America. No, it's the same way that people are more concerned with, about plane uh, when a plane crashes. The fact that how many millions more people die, uh, you know, uh, in cars or walk uh, pedestrians die than in plane crashes. But we we pay attention uh, attention more to shiny objects. I mean, we lived through the whole SARS thing. Don't you guys? Does, does anybody remember the SARS? How SARS was going to kill mm -hmm. us all, mm -hmm. and we managed mm -hmm. to make it through that. And so. Uh, the fact that people are, uh, that's another thing. What kind of brain trust? If you see somebody with a, a surgical mask on on the street and you're afraid that they're contagious, so you're going to touch them, hit them, assault them, so you might they might actually bleed on you? Smart thinking, smart well, thinking. See, but that's exactly the point. They're not thinking. We operate with a mass mentality instead of individually critically thinking things through which we don't this this i don't i can't speak for other countries but i can speak for the united states of america this is the most non-critical thinking country i have ever seen there are individuals that think very critically but because we've been taught to think with a mass mentality you act and then think later so then that, that person wasn't thinking about that they were thinking about oh, i got to save myself so i've got to beat this person that they never mind that the body fluids and all sorts of things could get on him and that's the danger with not being taught critical thinking skills that that's a that's a danger i will say this i think that this would be another piece of evidence to advocate becoming vegetarian 
right? Because don't all of these things come from eating animals? Hmm, I don't know. SARS, I know this one did. This one came from, you know, they eat unusual foods in China. I don't know if that's racist, but... But they do unusual to us in right. our culture, and and this did come from something in the market. I believe it is meat related, and I think that was true for SARS mm-hmm, as well, mm-hmm. wasn't it? I think these are so, all related to right. meat. These these vi- these viral sort of uh, pneumonia things, and the worst thing about this, you know, is is um, because it's viral, antibiotics don't do correct, anything. Correct, correct. Well, the, fu- the the well, the, I should say funny. I shouldn't say funny. I should say sad. But one of the things is uh, a there are a lot of hateful, racist memes going around social media uh, because of this. There's people like oh God, celebrity Logan Paul. God, I hate that man. Um, also posting disgusting things on social media as uh, well as people for some reason being afraid now you mentioned food of Chinese restaurants and um, Asian restaurants because of this so I for one am going to stand up against racism and I will be having chow mein for dinner tonight you are going straight in gasoline drawers for that one, Kevin. I'm, I am serious, though. Oh, you I'm are serious. Be, okay. I won't be controlled by fear. I am not afraid. Absolutely. I will be. I, I will be. I will be in PF Chang, and I dare anybody to stop me. Uh, there is one other thing. I'm sorry, uh, Tone. There is one other thing that I wanted to mention that uh, it will be in Tone. This is to your point of smaller countries being able to deal with it. There is a huge um, spread of interest. Uh, in Africa by China. And so there's a lot of investments in in China, uh, in infrastructure investments, and hence you know, uh, many Chinese people that live there and work there because of it. So it will be interesting to see how some of these African countries that have a Chinese presence are going to deal with it. Because there are other infectious diseases that they're looking to eradicate this is one more thing that they don't necessarily need so i'm i'm interested to see how this plays out in um african countries yeah that could be a perfect storm all right it's time for me to ask my co-host the question that i love to ask almost each and every week because <laughs> we haven't had a regular show in a while all right so what was your favorite or least favorite thing about the week all right you're up first mark you know, I w- there are a couple of things, but the one that I will go with is um, Pete Buttigieg winning the Iowa caucus. Not maybe. No, he he did win. They they finalized it. Um, oh yeah, but but you, uh, well, okay, I'm, I'll let you go ahead and talk. Well, even if he came in second, that's not the point. It's it's not about the political trajectory. It's about the fact that an out gay man could even come in second, if not first, in the Iowa caucus, even if he never goes any further, is a tremendous, amazing feat. And I, I got into a conversation on Twitter, a little back and forth on Twitter with a younger gay guy who basically said that I, I said how much I appreciated it because Pete said something in his town hall on CNN last night about you know gay people feeling that they don't have a place in the in the world and he's hoping to show them a difference this is a great paraphrase but at any rate i was uh tweeting pete telling him how much i appreciated that as a gay man and this younger gay guy um came back and told me how much he despised him 
And I told him, you have a different lens. You are seeing through a different lens. You were not around for Stonewall and the AIDS crisis and for all of these things. So I just have a great appreciation. And we were able to come to an agreement. You know, I was able to show him, you know, appreciation is not the same as political support. It doesn't mean it's your candidate. But we can also appreciate this moment in history for what it is, whether you like him or dislike him or support him or don't support him. If you are gay in the United States, it's a big deal. Well, it's funny that you uh, that you phrased it that way, because sadly, the same thing happened with Hillary Clinton. A lot of women were focused on their feelings about Hillary Clinton as a person, as opposed to the monumental event that a woman uh, was a got uh, got the first uh, first woman to get a, a major a nomination of a major party and run and actually get more votes than the person who's currently president. They couldn't focus on that. They were focused on their personal feelings about that particular woman as opposed to the fact that this was a step forward for all women. And I, I hear what you're saying, and I agree with uh, what happened with uh, what uh, Pete's candidacy is a huge step forward for the, the LGBTQ and other letters I'm forgetting uh, community. <laughs> All right, so who's up next? Yes. Tachi, what was your favorite or least favorite thing about the week? Honorable mention, Nancy Pelosi shredding the speech. Um, but the one I'm going to pick is actually that Ruth Carter, who is a costume designer in Hollywood, actually an Oscar award winning. She designed the costumes for Marshall. She did Spike Lee's and uh, probably most famously, she did the costumes for Black Panther. She has uh, teamed up with H&M and they're going to have her line ruthless there. So I, I want to say that this is probably one of the first times that they've teamed up with a black designer to, uh, to do this. So kudos to uh, Ruth Carter and her new line ruthless with H&M. Pretty cool. All right, Tone, what's yours? Um, so I'll be moving this, this year in the, in the next few months. So I'm either going to move further into Brooklyn or I'm going to move to Staten Island. Um, but my favorite part of the week was that I learned that they actually retroactively put in a, a new law that in New York City, when you're looking for an apartment, let's say you find it like I did, I found the apartment that I'm currently living in uh, eight years ago. I actually found this apartment myself. Like I searched, I searched, I found the apartment. And when I found the apartment, the building was like, well, we have our own broker. You have to go through our broker. So even though the broker didn't do any work, I ended up having to pay the broker one month's rent which was somewhere between like 12 or 15%. So uh, the new law basically says that if you are searching for an apartment, um, the owner or the landlord or the building has to favor the broker, not the tenant. So I'll be saving hopefully a whole month's rent uh, when I move in the next few months. So um, that's my favorite part of the, about the week. What about you, Kevin? That's awesome. <laughs> well, very, very cool and very practical. Mm -hmm. All right. So my favorite, uh, Tachi, your honorable mention is actually my honorable mention. The the shredding, uh, the speech is being generous of uh, of the current president's 
was phenomenal. I just love the fact that that uh, she stole his thunder with visual that was so simple. Uh, it said it all, and it's like, yes, it's a document filled with lies. And the idea that someone's—they're trying to see if they can press charges that she's a uh, ripped up a, an official document as if there's no other copies. It was a copy, so uh, rest up. Tr- yeah, try to get Nancy Pelosi locked up. You're not going to do it. All right. So can my I, favorite before thing, you go on, can I just say this about that? I loved it, but the one thing that I wish would have happened in my fantasy is that when she introduced him, she would have said, the impeached president of the United States, Donald Trump. And then she dances on a dancer pole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my fantasy. Oh, oh, That's oh terrible. my God. Oh, my God. And, and clear heels bring you closer to oh. God. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Then a lot of people should be uh, at the pearly gates right now. (laughs) All right. So uh, let's see. Um, My favorite thing about the week uh, was the fact that Senator Mitt Romney, someone I was never particularly a fan of, uh, defied the rest of the Republican Party and he voted to convict the impeached President Donald Trump. J. Trump. And I'm also going to see what my least favorite thing is. My least favorite thing is the fact that he was the only Republican who had the guts to do the right thing and pay attention to the evidence and even and, ha- and even vote to have their let there be witnesses. These people were so spineless and so gutless, they couldn't even vote for witnesses because what he did was so absolutely crystal clear. We all know what he did. We all know he was guilty. So why have us even sit and have more evidence showing that he's guilty when we all know that we're going to vote not to convict? They were gutless wonders, and all people that are trying to throw shade at Donald uh, at at um uh at Mitt Romney and worse, and the threats that he's dealing with, um similar to Gail King, um and people that want him kicked out of the party as a rhino, and there's even commercials that they put put out saying that he's not really a Republican and he's been like a Democratic secret like you know, uh agent for like forever. It's like wow, he's been under deep cover for decades and decades. Is is absolutely ridiculous and so uh but history is going to find him so well all of these other scumbags who supported him and oh my god don't even get me started on on um, some of these people by name but they're gonna they're how history is going to find them what they're gonna have to have not only answer to history but to their grandchildren and children and future generations that they supported this criminal lawless dirtbag president so yeah, Mitt, you you are you are my person of the week. We don't even do that on this show, but you are my person of the week, hands down. All right, we can't recap every story, but we do want to talk about the stories you want to hear about. So if you see something, say something to us. You can send us a voice message on the Anchor app, and you can message us on Twitter or Instagram. We're at Last Weekly on both. So, Tone, how can people listen to our show other than how they're listening right now? Well, you can listen to Last Weekly on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and you can also listen to us on WJMS Radio. 
every Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 1.30 p.m. Pacific, and every Friday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. And we'd like to make things easier around here, so go to lastweekly.com for all our links where you can listen to us. And remember, the Last Weekly theme song is Lush by the artist Thyla. Kevin? All right. I want to thank our two incredibly uh, incredible guest co-hosts. I want to thank Chitachi Egwu. Tachi, if there's anything you'd like to plug, feel free. Oh. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Well, I am the host of Mediascope, which is a show, live stream show, all about media tech and pop culture news. Do that every Wednesday with my producer, MC Curtis, on Periscope, Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live, and on WJMSRadio.com. And WJMS, of course, does a replay, and that's always on Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And yeah, that's me. Oh, don't you host another podcast? I believe it's a five-star rated one. You know what? One. That's right. I hear a lot of great you know things what? I'm about I'm sorry. It. Because I'm on with you now, I'm just assuming in my head that we're doing it. So, no, I didn't plug it. So, yes, I am also the co-host, one half of the TV twins, for a wonderful podcast called TV Channeling. Channeling, channeling. My co-host Kevin likes to say. So, Kevin and I co-host this, and we talk all about TV. We do TV reviews also talk tv film and entertainment news we do top five shows and just have a rousing good time you can find us on every single major podcasting platform and we're on wjms radio live on tuesdays which is 5 p.m eastern time 2 p.m pacific and on Fridays, same time, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Check us out. We're awesome. Oh, and also, I think that if you, anybody's interested in the show, they can also go to tvchanneling.com, right. a brand new website that celebrates the podcast. tvchanneling.com. Yes. I'm sorry. One more thing. I forgot. I'm also the co-host with MC Curtis of a show called And We're Live, where we teach people via live stream to use video and live streaming for their business and beyond and that's on thursdays 2 p.m eastern time on youtube live linkedin live periscope and facebook live all right and i also want to thank uh for very first time guest co-host mark ward you were absolutely incredible thank you so much for taking the time to not only be on the show but your tireless support of our show on social media so if you like to plug something or you want to sh uh, share your social media how people can contact you and reach you um to maybe hire you for uh what all that you do uh or just reach out feel free well, first of all, thank you so much. As you said, I'm a huge fan of the show, so it's a privilege to be here with all of you. I have such great respect and admiration for all three of you and everything that you do. Um, if you're out there and you're feeling stuck and you really want something bigger, better, more fulfilling in your life, if you want to create a different picture for your life, maybe you know what that is but don't know how to get there. Maybe you don't know what that is, but you just know that you want something better. Reach out to me because I can help you. I've been doing this for a very long time. I have a 100% success rate as stipulated by my clients. That's from them, not from me. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AskMarkWard, W-A-R-D, or at NewDesign.com, which looks like nude sign. So it's N-U-D-E 
S-I-G-N.com. And I'd love to hear from you. I thank you, my incredible guest co-host. You guys rock so incredibly hard. And I want to thank you for listening and supporting the show. We thank you so much. This is why we do it, because we could just have like a three-way phone call if we had to. We're doing it for you. And so thank you so much for actually listening. So we're not just talking to ourselves. Four-way phone call. <laughs> a four-way phone call. So thanks again for listening. And remember, listen to the next episode of Last Weekly because the week doesn't end. Say it with me, co-host, all three of you. Until, until we say so. Anybody? Anybody? We say so. Oh, great. I said it. Yeah, all right. Okay, great. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're listening to Last Weekly. Last Weekly. Last Weekly. Last Weekly.